Tony in house with my favorite co-host. Oh yay! My 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 favorite co-host. I shouldn't clap right in the microphone. <laughs> but yay! Uh, my my surrogate wife. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so how's everything going? It's good. It's good. The semester's almost over, so yay. I'm always. It's like when the pilot announces they're beginning their descent. <laughs> I'm, I'm good now. It's almost over. Mm-hmm. So um, so this has been a week um. I heard that uh, uh, Justice Bader got out of the hospital yesterday. So, Thank yeah. God. Like, we need to just have her hold on. Like, God. send us some prayers. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I was telling somebody yesterday that I think that her um, her de- her her life is the only thing that's separating us from oh, he's on that train. Uh, her her um, her living is the only thing that's protecting our democracy right now. That seems right to me. I mean, like, literally, I feel that if she dies, that 45 is going to put in some terrible person. I got to tell you, I think this is one of the places where the Republicans just run circles around the Democrats because they play the long game in a way that Democrats just never have. So, like, stacking the judicial branch and running small local races. So then the only people left for state races are, you know, um, yeah, the, the court. I, I think this is the first time, you know, I've never, there's never been an election where I've understood voting based on like who would get to pick a Supreme Court. Except Justice for this with one. The, yeah, now I, now yeah. I really understand that kind of panic. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is terrible, but uh, continue good health for her. Um, so today starting off, I want to really talk about, um, I had a Facebook post last week that you commented on. I loved your, uh, your comment. <laughs> I thought it was timely. I nerded out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. There was um, one more. I can't, can't think of what morning it was, um, but there was one morning I woke up and I'm and I love CNN in the morning. I'm CNN in the morning, and I'm MSNBC at night. Um, and Fox News the rest of the day. I yeah, assume. yeah. Like I'm always watching Fox News. Little Sean Hannity, right? <laughs> Actually, I do like Mike Wallace sometimes though. <laughs> but um, he's nothing like his father, Chris. But um, I was really amazed that they were talking about either the impeachment thing or something with the Democratic primaries. And they had eight people on the stage. Eight people. No, not a black person to be found. <laughs> not one. And, you know, I I just, that just, free, it, it, I don't know why it bothered me at that point. But for you to have eight people, like literally, they had a crowd of people that not one black person. And I'm trying to figure out what made them think that this was okay. They just didn't see it. What do you mean they didn't see it? I don't mean it. So they didn't see a, a crowd of white people and think, oh, this is okay. They didn't see it because all white to them is normal. Uh, that marketness thing that we talked about. Right, once right, before. right. So a room full of white people doesn't strike them as problematic. Uh, a panel full of white people doesn't, a panel full of black people certainly would. And then there would be charges that this is, you know, political and political correctness run amok. And also we would be asking for your perspective. We'd be asking like, what's the black angle? As a black person, speak for all the black people. At your community meeting of black people, what did you decide about this? When the blacks met, what did you want to do? So, so I, it, it amazes me what's considered to be normal. Yeah. And what's not. And, you know, we talked about this a lot. I, I, I've talked about it a lot, especially when it comes to, even with toys, you know, like when me, with me growing up, 52, I'll be 53 in another month or so, you know, all the little dolls at that time were white. It was mm-hmm. almost impossible to find a black doll. And then when you found her, she wasn't pretty like the rest of the little dolls, you know, or she was just like the white dolls and they just put some black on her face or right. crap like that. But all of that seems. She still has exactly the same hair. Yeah, the exact, the exact same hair, you know, tragic mulatto doll. But, you know, it, it it's things like that that um, I think perpetuate racism. I think it reinforces racism. And it's the racism that people do, don't see. Because people will say, when you talked about this before, I never used the N-word, so I can't be racist. Right. But you benefit from all these racist 
uh, um, institutions that we have. Um, people get mad at me all the time in the field of work that I do because I'm like, we need more black providers. We need more black people on the front lines of HIV prevention. And they go, well, I don't understand why you need more black people. And all these agencies around here, most of the agencies within a hundred mile radius, all they got is white people in a disease that affects mostly black people. And when you bring up the fact that you need black people doing this, they get offended and their their pearls are clutched. Like, we're not racist. We're making everything about race. We help you people. And it's like, yeah, and you're making all this about race, Tony. But what they don't understand is what you see as normal is not what I see as normal. Right. But you want your normal to be my normal. And if I put my normal on you, then all of a sudden it's a novelty. Right. You know, it's the black people that are doing this or it's the black cast. I remember how upset white people, mostly cisgender white men, got upset with the cast of Hamilton. Like, I think somebody even tried to sue them <laughs> because they specifically <laughs> was like, you know, we ain't trying to get no white people in this for real. But white people do that to us all the time. There's nothing to be said about it. CNN, I love CNN. An entire diet of white people, and it's normal. If that had been all black people, oh, look at that. They let the black people, they must be talking about black issues because certainly we can't talk about anything else. Yeah, so, you know, I work in um, children's literature and representation in children's literature. And because I'm I'm very pessimistic, except about children. I have, like, children's books are going to save us all, (laughs) if anything is. Um, But one of the things that emerges in children's literature is that an overwhelming majority of the human characters are are white children. Um, Sally, Dick, and Jane. And they used to count. So (laughs) the University of Wisconsin has this cooperative children's book center where they count the books that come in. And all it takes to count as a book about a person of color is for a person of color to appear on the cover. They don't actually have, so the numbers are actually inflated, right? right? They're artificially high. And it's still the case that something like only 80, or something like 85% of books are about white people. So they got this complaint that is still, it's it's exactly 50% hilarious and 50% horrifying to me. (laughs) So they got this complaint about their reporting, which was like, but most children's books aren't about people anyway. They're about like, Animals, which, first of all, not a reasonable substitute for featuring people of color. Right, right, right. So, so that line of argument, I just, every time I hear it, I have like, I'm sorry, did you just say it's okay that we don't have black characters because we have animal? Like, right. good thing nobody's racist. <laughs> um, but, so they, so they started separating the books and the numbers hold steady when you pull only books about people. But a result of this that I get really frustrated about is that, it's such a powerful way to set the default so that, like, the default setting is this is going to be about a white person. Mm-hmm. That if you're going to make a book about a black person, somehow there's this kind of unspoken expectation that the book will tell you why it's about a black person instead of a white person. Or that their lives are going to be different. Yes. Because, like, in a lot of movies, like, and I know a lot of people get, re- a lot of black people get just tired of movies that if it's about a black person, it's got to be about some type of struggle. So I ask my students to think of the, I ask them to think in their heads to name five movies about a black person that they have, that have had a theater release, whether they saw it or not, had a theater release, was not about civil rights, slavery, or as Coates, as as Coates writes, trivial pursuit style firsts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it can't be like, oh, the first person to do X, right? It just has to be a black person being a person in the world. Right. Um, and there's a there's a blogger who wrote about trying to, when her daughter, her daughter is black and, and she is also black. And when she, her daughter was born, she made this commitment that she was not going to purchase any books that were not about a black person. And she said, the rest of the world will give that to her, right? right. Like, I don't need to reinforce it. And so she wrote this blog about how hard it was to find these books. And she said, you know, we're always kind of just left of center, like the spunky best friend. Uh, but she said, like, we can't have meals with our families unless we're celebrating a cultural heritage. We can't brush our hair unless we're celebrating our hair. Okay. We, my favorite is we can't play baseball unless we're integrating the damn league. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it was such a powerful way. Yeah. Um, but so I think that that norm gets set so early and people start asking so fast, like, why is this not a white person? When they would never ask, why is this a white person? So when the CNN panel happens, I don't think anybody at CNN thought, why do we have all white people? But if you'd had a panel of all black people, 
Yeah. CNN would definitely be like, wait, wait, what, what's happening right now? <laughs> or made an what have we done? Or made an event. Like, if you yeah. have something with all black people, it has to be. Race in America in 2019. Tw- right. Then you get all the black pundits, left, right, middle, center, all of that. And I just think that we should not still be novelties in the uh, in in 2019. I, and it's funny that you you mentioned how uh, Tony Hasi brought up the fact about uh, Trivial Pursuit first, mm-hmm. because like we've had two, and, and they're not trivial. And in in no way am I am I trying to trivialize that Talladega and uh, Montgomery had their right. first black mayors. I think it's the saddest shit in America <laughs> that in the South, where the majority of black people live, yeah. in these cities in which the majority of the people in those in cities... In the part of the country black, actually called a black belt. The black belt <laughs> that we are just getting black mayors in these cities. And it speaks a lot It speaks a lot to, um, to a lot of the gerrymandering that goes on, a lot of the voter yeah. suppression, the lack of voter engagement, and a whole bunch of other things. So... You know what? And we're going to talk about voter engagement on the second thing. But it, it speaks to a lot of different things that... Also, I read once that every interaction you have with a police officer exponentially decreases the chance that you'll vote in the next election. It changes your encounter. So there was this great mm. article years ago um, by this guy, a philosopher, Jason Brennan, in the New York Times called Is America a Racial Democracy? And he talks about... It was when stop and frisk was still... A policy, and if you were between eighteen and thirty something, and you were a black man, you had something like a ninety-two percent chance of getting stopped. And but what Brennan was interested in was results we have about the impact that has on your willingness to participate in civic engagement. Yeah, it, and, it, and it and it does. I mean, but think about the way we even um, interact with with the police. I mean, I I don't like I have people I have friends who are police officers. So I don't think that all police officers are bad. But I have some friends who just absolutely loathe the police. Uh, not that they don't deserve it, some of them. You know, but, you know, for the peacekeeping force, that should not be the first thing that you think when you see them. Oh, shit, here come these motherfuckers. What are we going to do? You know, that's the, the funny thing to me about the model that, like, oh, they're all terrible or, or sorry, the, the model that like, oh, they're all amazing. Right. Is first of all, I think we can simultaneously hold in our bra- in our brains that police forces don't receive adequate training, pay, or support. Right. Like right. that's an easy thing to hold in your brain while also thinking like, okay, but you got some bad apples in the crew, and it's fascinating to me because I think I can't think of another profession where someone could assert with certainty that no member of that profession is morally bank. bankrupt. Right. Right, but you, but I mean, but again, looking at what we consider normal now, and again, why I just I'm just so pessimistic. Even the latest bullshit that Forty Five did with uh, firing the the Secretary of the Navy. Yeah. Do you know what pres- what a dangerous precedent that sets? Yeah, I mean, literally, this man is a fucking war criminal, and you want to pardon him? I'm telling you, Brian, it this is scary shit. And people don't understand how scary it is. Like yeah. you're sending the you tell you telling all these wackadoos out here <laughs> that it doesn't matter what you do, you can kill them saying Negroes over there. We don't care. You can even kill the Negroes we got here, and we're gonna pardon you from that uh, Alpeo guy in Arizona, the yeah, sheriff. Sheriff Joe. Yeah, all this He's terrifying. All this bullshit, and people don't realize this is dangerous. It's dangerous. There's um, I was just teaching recently uh, this. Um, Iris Marion Young's Five Faces of Oppression. Um, and they are uh, exploitation, marginalization, powerlessness, cultural imperialism, and violence. And cultural imperialism is the one that I focus so much on, right? Where you take you, you take your normal and impose it on everybody else. Right, right. And she says, you end up in a situation where whomever gets cast as the other, um, it finds themselves in a paradox. They're simultaneously rendered invisible and also marked by stereotype, mm. which is a really, like, um, and so she said there's, and, and I think that's a, I mean, that's a brilliant way to capture the, like, one of the things that happens with normalization, especially of people, like an all-white panel, is that it means when you break from that norm, you collapse the, the quote, newcomers into a one-dimensional person, right? So, like, if you're on that CNN panel, you can't just be on that CNN panel. You can't even be on that CNN panel if you're talking about HIV or access to PrEP, right? You're on that panel to be a black man. That's it. That's 
the identity that, um, and I mean, people would be horrified if you said like, oh, well, that dude's on there because he's a white man and we, we want to know what the white people think. <laughs> but that happens. Yeah. And it ha- I mean, you see it happen both ways too, right? So like after the, after the um, Charleston massacre, Fox had no trouble finding like a black person who wasn't bothered by the Confederate flag. And so then you trot that person out without ever noticing how freaking racist it is to simultaneously, because what was fascinating about it was this was a time when lots of people were saying, like, white people, come get your people, right? This <laughs> come is, get your like, folks. This is dangerous. Come get your folks. This is really scary. And the response was like, well, he doesn't represent all white people. He doesn't. Oh, but the one guy who's not bothered by the Confederate flag represents, represents all, all black people, people. And we should not be afraid of flags. It's, 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 it's foolishness. It's really foolishness. But, again, I just don't. The, the direction that we're headed as a country um, is scary. We're, we're going to take a small break, and then I want to come back and finish this up. But then I want to, like, segue into this whole political narrative about how the truth doesn't matter anymore and how um, white men don't care. (laughs) 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 They just don't. They absolutely do not care. So we'll be back. (laughs) Do you have an active sex life? PrEP is a -a once-a-day pill that prevents HIV and is now available at the Livewell PrEP Clinic on the south side of the hub. PrEP is safe for men and women who have active sex lives and want to decrease their chances of contracting HIV. For more information about PrEP and the Living Well PrEP Clinic, call 205-324-9822 or go to www.gcpm.com and click on appointments. Or if you just need to get tested, call us. So we are back. Thank y'all for listening. Let me say this. Um, me and Brian <laughs> went down a little, a little road on this little break, but we're going to bring y'all up today. But before we bring up today, I do want to thank y'all for listening. If you uh, like this podcast, Write a, write a review, like us, share us with your friends on whatever your favorite form of social media is. We would love to get your comments about this show. Um, but before we go into the uh, next subject, I want to preface this uh, by saying that the, the, the place that we are right now in history has been brewing since like the 90s, like when Newt Gingrich was like the Speaker of the House. And then they got like an injection of steroids in 2010. And for people who are listening to this, if you call yourself a conscientious a conscientious voter, it is very important for you to vote in the midterm elections, the off-year elections, um, both locally and federally. Here's why. In 2010, when we did our last census, um, there was not a huge turnout for the midterm elections. Um, President Obama got in 2008. He had the House and the Senate. He literally could do almost whatever he wanted to do those first two years. You know, the ones of us who voted for him patted ourselves on the back. <laughs> we went to celebrate <clears throat> with our mimosas. And 2010 came around, and we lost. I think we lost the House and the Senate. I know we lost. It was ugly. It was ugly. We got Barack s- Obama called it a shellacking. <laughs> a shellacking, right? <laughs> That's exactly what we got. <laughs> So, so two two things about that. One, if you elect your guy to be as the president or even the governor of Kentucky, and don't have oh, any backup, that you, Kentucky governor—that's <laughs> Kentucky's a shit show at this point. I do not envy. His no, job. not at all. Meanwhile, Virginia governor just got like a free pass and- to do whatever the hell he wants to do, which you know I'm glad about. But like literally, if you vote for someone, you need to make sure they have the support. So don't think you if you vote next year in 2020 and your guy gets in that you don't need to go back in 2022 to you know to shore up the the, the support because it's very important, especially when you come back and say, "Well, my president didn't do what he said he was gonna do." You know, Barack Obama didn't do nothing for the black folks. He didn't do nothing for the Hispanics. Well, y'all asses didn't show back up in 2010 and fuck them is what happened. Especially in this case. In the event that a Democrat does win in 2020, I think we can expect a fair bit of backlash. A, a lot. Backlash. A lot. A lot. Um, and it, so I think I think if a Democrat wins in 2020, 2022 already looks bad. <laughs> it's a shit show. <laughs> it's going to be a shit show. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I wanted to say that because I think it's very important to know how we got here. That, that election caused the Republicans to be able to gerrymander district lines throughout the whole freaking country. It literally created the Trump base, which is about 35% of the population in most districts, and they have a disproportionate amount of power, which is why most of our elected 
Republican officials don't have their testicles anymore. I mean, <laughs> a few of them have given up their ovaries, Marshall Blackburn, uh, just because you have to placate these wackadoos who 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 don't care what Trump does. Yeah, he's um, so I call him the unfalsifiable president because, and I think a lot of people have realized this, right? That he was the only one who actually knew his power when he made the "I could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot mm -hmm. someone" comment. I think a lot of us wrote that off as absurd, and I think now it's becoming clear that if he stood on Fifth Avenue and shot someone. There might be congressional hearings, but there'd probably be an argument about congressional hearings because the person probably had it coming. And this is just Trump being Trump. That's my, my least favorite defense is like, this is just Trump being Trump. I'm like, that doesn't mean he has to be president. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying he can't be Trump. Yeah, I'm but, saying yeah. maybe don't do it while you're president. Right, right, right. Um, maybe some impulse control some from frontal lobe activity. He's like a fucking four-year-old. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, in, in philosophy of science, we talk sometimes about like what's the difference between astronomy and astrology and there because you want to be able to distinguish genuine science from pseudoscience right and one of the standards has long since thought to be it's got to be falsifiability so you've got to be able to tell me what would count as evidence against this theory so like we don't expect to find evidence against gravity but we know what it would look like if we found it right, right. i genuinely don't know what it would take because it seems like nothing it seems like there's i mean like taking money from army base education plans to pay for a wall. Um, I I had this moment recently where I thought, are are Democrats about to be the party of the military support? Like, right, dead ass. We we're, we're 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 about to be the people who actually support the military. If it just, it, I mean, I mean, it it's just kind of a surreal like inversion of kind of everything, and and. The idea that this is the idea that this is all about like oh well Hunter Biden had a job he wasn't qualified for oh hey Ivanka look I at, have some questions no no look at the whole freaking cabinet the fact that Ben Carson's dumbass <laughs> is the damn secretary of HUD because you once lived in the fucking projects like you were a neurosurgeon you don't think you could have been you don't think as a neurosurgeon you had the qualifications to be the damn surgeon general like yeah, but, but none of that makes sense he's black. No, I, don't, I don't know if you knew. <laughs> he's not. I don't he's know if you knew not. this. He's not. He's not. Um, yeah, no, I. I, I, I remember studying that motherfucker in black history. Like, uh, I, I wrote a reporter to him. Also, because this is the second time this has happened. So, uh, when Donald Trump Jr. took the meeting in Trump Tower to get dirt on Hillary Clinton from Russia, and then the defense was like, oh, but we didn't get any dirt. Like, yeah, yeah, we tried to, but we, but we didn't, so not our fault. And now that the defense is morphing into something like this, like, well, look, he didn't get the, like, he didn't announce the investigations. And I'm like, that's not how bribery that, that's works. That's not how any of this works. This is not how, I'm, again, I'm, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. Like, I'm really, really worried. And the other thing about this is, in addition to the gerrymandering, like, you heard the report where um, Pete Sessions from, Texas is retiring. No. So there's a, a a congressman by the name of Pete Sessions from Texas. Is he's he a Republican? Because man, they're retiring in droves. He is, but he's also a Republican who was named who got some um, campaign funding from uh, Giuliani's friends. Ooh. So now you got him. You got Devin Nunez who now has it. I would wager if anybody. Also, this is the same Devin Nunez who, like, gave the president information he wasn't supposed to have yet. Oh. Right? I'm not misremembering No, you're not at that. all. Like, no, that motherfucker. Right? The outrage exhaustion of trying to even... I have. I cannot, for the life of me, place that in a timeline. But let me tell you... I know it was a while ago, but... It was It was earlier this year. Jesus. It's so much that happens, though. But let me tell you this, you're though, Brian. This, this is what, this is what kills... This is what I think. I think all of Trump's staunch defenders, like the literal ones who are throwing themselves on the on the knives, Devin Nunez, Lindsey Graham, Pete Sessions, what's that wackadoo name that um, Elijah Cummings made me mad when he defended him? Uh, when they when uh, Rashida Tlaib called that man a racist. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't. Yeah. But him, all of the ones who are really like like 
literally like falling on the knife to to protect Trump. I think they all have got campaign funding, and they know that if they don't protect him, then they're all going down with them. I, I I really think that if we were to do a substantive interview, I mean uh, investigation, I think about twenty to twenty five of those Republican representatives in particular would go down in flames. Oh, so they're is, dirty as fuck, all of them. Um, so I have no sympathy for Jeff Flake as a person, but I did. I the way he made the case that he couldn't run again was fascinating when he said. I could win the state. I can't win my primary. I'm, I'm going to get primaried out for not, right. Like, and we have, we often talk about the paradox of the honest politician. So what happens if the only way you can make a change is to be elected, but the only way you can be elected is to do these kind of, again, no sympathy for Jeff Flake. But Every time I see a Jeff Flake post on Twitter and I'm not even on Twitter a whole lot. Yeah. I always say, shut up, <laughs> just shut up. Because when you had a chance to say something, you didn't. The problem I have with that is, even though you knew you were going to get primary, you could have still went out with some type of dignity, which he did not. Yeah, the, and, that's the problem for me is that he continued to vote in service of the things that right, were, right, like. But all of them are doing it. If you're going to take a stance against him, take a stance against him. Don't virtue signal. But this and like is, wink, wink. But oh, this, I think this is terrible. But this is what they're doing. This is the problem. This is why. John Bolton hadn't said anything yet, but I think they're going to finally compel him to say something. It's this, not going to matter. I like that everybody's, like, getting their popcorn for, like, I, I know. oh, they're going to get McGann. He's going to have, like, no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But the, Everybody knows what just happened. The problem the problem is that they want to run for office later on, and they're, they're afraid that this not supporting Trump. And this is, the, this, is the, this is what I hope and pray is the fallacy in their thinking. They think by not supporting Trump that that will negatively impact them down the road. But if this country has a heart and at least half of a brain, I think supporting Trump later on should be a stain of disdain. Like so it should be something that's stigmatic. The other thing is like, be a leader. So let's say your community supports things that you think are actually bad for the country. Go make your case. I, I'm with you. Go make your case. I had, I had, a, I had a conversation with one of my coworkers today. Because there's an event that he wants to do that I don't want to do it because it's bullshit. It's a whole bunch of fluff and bullshit. Like when you're going to get three agencies around, the city's doing this. I don't have time for horse and buggy shows. I just don't. That's not what I do. That's not. I'm not trying to do shit to be seen. If I'm going to do HIV work, I'm going to do good HIV work. I'm not going to do some damn once a year bullshit. So that you can say, "Hey, I help the people living with the with the yeah. with the AIDS." That's not what the I AIDS. do. You know, that's not what I do. So, but 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 what you're saying is who I am. Like, if I was an elected official, I'm just gonna have to go down flames, but I'm gonna go down in flames on what I believe. And right now, these men are not doing that. They're just going along with the bullshit, hoping to get some money, and so that they can retire in their in their relative wealth. They don't really, they don't even really care about the people. And let's have about the people too damn stupid to realize this. So, no one makes me angrier than Lindsey Graham. Um, and I posted, I don't know if you saw it, because I remember it. I remember it from the primaries in 2016. He went on the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and he called Trump crazy. He had just endorsed Ted Cruz. There was an interview where somebody said, would you prefer Cruz or Trump? And uh, Lindsey Graham said, that's like being asked whether I want to be shot in the head or drink poison. Like that's, And then he said, so, so Trevor Noah was saying, like, how can you say that and now endorse Ted Cruz? And he said, he's not Trump. And he said his campaign is racist. It's uh, what else did he say? It's xenophobic. It's religious bigotry. It's, I mean, he listed all the, and then he said, other than that, he'd be a good candidate. And Trevor Noah said, um, which one is poison and which one's shooting yourself in the head? And he said, I think Ted Cruz is like poison because there might be an antidote, but with Trump that's, and he said like, my party is so messed up. And Trevor Noah made a joke. He said like, I love your face right now. Cause you look like we're all going to die. We're all going to. And I, I think like, Follow the you money. Could not have sincerely believed that and sincerely believed. Follow the money. It's like diamond and silk. <laughs> Them two black mammies that they that they have with the YouTube video. You ever see Diamond no. and Silk? They are these two caricatures of black women who before they went to this Trump rally and became Trump supporters, looked broken busted. 
the minute they became Trump supporters, you can tell that they threw them some money that way, and they are like the black women. They're the blacks for Trump. And I oh. guarantee you, Lindsey Graham, Devin <laughs> Nunez, and all of the rest of them have gotten some money from them, and they're doing it to keep their... Sorry, I just had this moment where I realized that CNN put a panel of all white people, but, like, even the Trump campaign folks know to always put a black person like, always. just left just, of his shoulder. Just left of the shoulder speaking. with the blacks for Trump. You know... <laughs> all the blacks. All the blacks. Um, yeah, so yeah, so that's, that's foolishness within itself. But, uh, but I don't know how we come back from it. I don't know how we come back from it either. And the other thing, and, and this will segue into my next section, is the Democratic Party has to find something to focus on. Because right now, we're not very focused. We got 500 people running for president. Two leave, five more show up. Also, I think student loan repayment is immoral and concentrates wealth on top of wealth and is profoundly unjust. So I would prefer us not lean right on into the idea that like right. we're just trying to give free stuff away. Right, right. I, That's if if we could avoid at, like I had this thought, maybe this is not fair, but I had this thought back with Occupy Wall Street. Um I had this like could you not lean into the impression that you're just like lazy hippies? <laughs> is that <laughs> It's okay to be a lazy hippie. I got no right, problem right, with it. Right. But, like, if you could not put lazy hippiedom on display as though you represent my values right, and concerns. Right. Um, and I think this about, like, oh, we're going to repay. That's that's over a trillion dollars on a one-off payment given to people who have the highest earning potential in the country. Most Americans have debt. So if you wanted to boost the economy, right. give it You're, to other people. Like, it's... It, uh, so yeah, I want I want the Democrats to maybe it's not that I want them to be centrist. By the way, I have no problem with them being flaming liberals. I don't either. But the problem is the whole party is not, and so you know it goes back into the argument. There are a lot of reasons why Hillary Clinton left, lost. A lot of reasons. You know, she wasn't the perfect candidate, but who everything is? mattered. Right, that every, article that like it came down to forty eight thousand, but well, everything mattered. Right, everything mattered. But at the end of the day, one of the things that I think that she fucked up on was getting um, that cane dude as her running mate. You know, doing doing a primary, that's when you duke it out. You duke it out. You know, people are going to go to their different corners and lick their wounds. Your vice presidential candidate is supposed to bring in the people that felt disenfranchised. Nobody knew who the fuck Herman, what's his name? I don't even know his name. Oh, see, speaking of norms and defaults, Tim Kaine. Mm-hmm. N- this is norms and defaults. Tim Kaine, that was it. The group that she was worried about disenfranchising white, the white men. men because a woman got the nomination. Which, again, you know, speaking of norms and defaults, right? Like, if Elizabeth Warren wins, she will go down in history as the first female president. Barack Obama will go down in history as the first. Is George Washington ever once listed as the first white male president? No, he's the first president. Which means the president implies white man. Yeah. Yeah. You made a comment earlier. Um, uh, about oh, about Ruth. Yeah, about oh, Ruth. This is my favorite. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg was asked. She's my favorite on norms across the board. There's this one classic story about um, her son's school used to call her all the time because the kid was misbehaving. Mm. And so she finally sent them a note and said, please keep in mind this child has two parents. And even though the kid's behavior got no better, when the school was asked to alternate calls, they just stopped calling because they didn't want to disturb a man at work. Um, and so she's like, she packs a punch on this all over, but she was asked once how many women on the Supreme court before you say like, it's enough, we have enough women. And she said nine and everybody kind of, kind of snickered. And she was like, that's my point, right? Like for years there were nine men and nobody thought that nine was absurd. And no one thought so this is the, absurd. can you imagine how nine people, black the people. way you can tell that there's not equality when people want to keep insisting right. that there's equality is say, if there were nine black Supreme Court justices, would you be okay with that? Because the answer is almost certainly no. If there were nine female Supreme Court justices, would you be okay with that? That goes into my Central Alabama Pride argument. Like, can you imagine nine people, nine black people being on the board of Central Alabama Pride? No. No. Because (laughs) then people would think you're trying to make a point. People interpret it as like, people interpret it as twofold. It's somehow simultaneously aggressive. Uh And it's also appointing people who are by default less qualified. Yeah. Which is And become you become specialty. That's one of the that's one of my biggest things about us having Black Pride. You know, I, I named the Black Pride because we needed to let people know what the focus was. But because we're black people, 
white gay people in particular in Birmingham, I think, well, that's just for them. It's just for them. It's just for them. So this is... You we know, don't want to invade your space. The thing that got me started on your post about the CNN panel was I had just been teaching Simone de Beauvoir, and she has this comment about, like, why you say things are for women or, or done by women. Or, and she said, because it's understood that being male is not a peculiarity. Right, so it goes without comment, <laughs> and I think the same thing's true for white skin. Right, it's right. just understood. It's especially egregious in both cases. Right, Have, being a female should not be a peculiarity. We're fifty percent of the world's population. Having white skin should not be the default. That's a global minority. Global like there's, minority. There's something really strange about this. And but the you know, I bet, is I bet, so powerful. I bet, I'm willing to bet you the average white person doesn't know that. Like the average Christian doesn't know that Christianity is a minority. When you look at roughly thirty percent, yeah. When you look at when you look at world religions, Christianity is a minority. Speaking of defaults, oh, students in my class were just working on this. Speaking of defaults, exactly one religion can be guaranteed that they're out of school on their holiday. Exactly one. one. Yeah. And even if you run out of snow days and have to go to school on the weekends, you never go on Sunday. That's the holy day for one religion. Right for one particular religion, which actually shatters this whole. We should make no law. Oh, about so a student of mine said. A student of mine said, "Well, um, well, we're out Christmas because it's a federal holiday." And I'm like, "Ding, ding, ding! Which religion got a federal holiday? Like, <laughs> why are we not eight day? Why are we not out eight days for Hanukkah? The idea that we are inevitably about to have a fight about the war on Christmas, as children are getting out of school." The White House is decorated with taxpayer Christmas trees and wreaths. And even in the secularization version, you're secularizing some, right? Like, I was reading one piece that talked about how many schools in, in March and April, for instance, have bunnies and eggs decorating the walls, right? Like, Oh, is this a spring no, festival? No, it's not, right? It's not a crucifix. <laughs> right. But it's Easter. It's Easter. Um, and I, yeah, all of that amounts to, you know, in Young's terms, cultural imperialism. And it others people in this really horrifying way. One of my favorite things about um, de Beauvoir's work is she says about women, um, it'll be less true about race. It'll be true to some extent about, like, the well-meaning white liberals. Um, she says, like, no one posits women as inferior, right? So so, so no one is, is actively, seriously thinking women are inferior. It's just that they're treating them like they are. <laughs> and so you end up in this weird situation. She said, like, you have a man who grows up who respects his mother, respects his partner, respects his daughter. Um, and she said, you end up in this weird case, which is why I think of the Supreme Court. What if it was nine women? women what if it was right. nine black people? What if um, she said, you end up in a weird case where people simultaneously believe we've reached equality, so you have no claims of justice. And any lingering inequality is because you really are inferior, so your claims of justice are in vain. <laughs> Right, like somehow we've ended up in a situation where people simultaneously think we're there, we're done, stop complaining. Right. And if you continue to complain or you point out legitimate discrepancies, it's like, well, black people aren't as educated, though. I told you about that guy, this white guy that I was friends with on Facebook, told me, y'all need to stop playing the race card. Y'all. Y'all, wait, seriously? Like, what? The blacks. The blacks. The colors. You know, the Negroes. You send out a holiday card. (laughs) (laughs) Happy holidays from the blacks. Okay, look, we're going to go on time, second break, and we will be back. <laughs> Do you have an active sex life? PrEP is a once-a-day pill that prevents HIV and is now available at the Livewell PrEP Clinic on the south side of the hub. PrEP is safe for men and women who have active sex lives and want to decrease their chances of contracting HIV. For more information about PrEP and the Livewell PrEP Clinic, call 205-324-9822 or go to www.gcpm.com and click on appointments. Or if you just need to get tested, call us. Okay, so we are back. This is our last segment of this episode of Let Me Say This. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Um, so we're going to just go ahead and start our walk, working our way out. So there are 579,300 people running for Democratic primary. Give or take 12. <laughs> Give or take 12. And um, I just, why do we keep getting new entrants? And why are they all Can white Mike men? Can Mike sit down? Can Mike sit also, I need Bur- I've need i needed Bernie to sit down for... Girl, don't say that too loud. The bros are still... The Bernie on. bros are real. I know. They are real. They're real and they're loud. And and 
first of all, I think his plans are exactly as pie in the sky as Donald Trump's were. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Like none of them is going to happen. I don't understand. I said that last time. I got also mad. am sick of him talking about class as though it is divorced from issue, divorced from issues of race. I want to stop him talking about class like he's not a rich old white man. I that exhausts me, and and I hate to do this. I actually don't hate to do this, but I think like. You're a white man who has said Elizabeth Warren would be great. You just had a heart attack. Take a break. Take a break. Take a break. Go chill. So, okay, so Deval Patrick has gotten in, and I'm 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 gonna I don't want to talk about his blackness, but he showed up at Morehouse this past weekend, and two people showed up. Nobody knows who Deval Patrick is. I don't know who Deval Patrick is. You don't imagine young black people not knowing who he is. Like nobody knows who he is. Like. Why he felt like he should got his but also, ass why in. Are you getting in? Why is anybody getting in now? Why, like, when Tom the state Stock- of the party is already fracturing all over the place. I, I, also, who is this Tom guy, and how is he still hanging on? Tom, he's rich. Tom Steyer. But isn't he still showing up in debates? Yes. So he's still getting donors. He's, he's still, still getting the, a donor. He's a billionaire oh, still getting donors. This person? He is, But I, let me say this. I, I wish, I honestly wish Tom Steyer had gotten in early. Uh, he's a billionaire, but he's a billionaire. He's, he's one of the good ones. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> he's, he, he was raised, right, by his mommy. He started out so cute. He started out Somebody so cute. Taught Somebody taught him. But, um, but I, I mean, I like the fact that before anybody was talking about impeaching Trump, he was talking about impeaching Trump. I mean, he knows him for his work. You know, I wish he had gotten in earlier because now it just seems so frivolous. But, like, between Tom Steyer um, Deval Patrick, he's black, y'all. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and and now Michael Bloomberg, just get out, get out of the way. Like literally, we don't even need to be talking about them right now. They are all men. Uh, Deval Patrick is probably the youngest of the three. But I'm, and this sounds terrible. I'm tired of men. Like I'm absolutely tired of us. I'm tired. I think it's time we, for a woman to get a shot. We at this. we we cannot rent everything. I'm tired of my friends talking about what well, I don't think a woman could be is electable. Like I'm I'm tired of that. That is the most misogynistic bullshit that I've ever heard. Also, the men keep losing elections. They keep to women. So I I I always like to remind people that Hillary Clinton got three million more votes than, than right. Trump. So this idea that like you can't get the votes is just false. It's false. You might not be able to game the system, right? But that has nothing to do with her being a woman. It has to and do with her not, being a Democrat. I, you know, I never I haven't used that retort with that, but that's absolutely true. She got three million she more won, votes. She, she was elected. She was elected. <laughs> she won. So don't say a um, woman is not electable. You know. So like I I just I just hate that. Um, also, they're saying it in the context in which a lot of the men on the stage have lost several elections and the women have never lost. Like, it's just a very weird, it's it's a weird thing to do. It's it's especially weird to simultaneously slam Donald Trump and everything he stands for, but think that the best thing to do is to vote for a candidate who's going to subtly, like, wink, wink, signal the Trump supporters that, like, he'll take care of those values. He won't be too <sighs> offensive to those values. And that's, so part of my frustration with Bernie Sanders, right, is when he, I, I have, I, sorry, bros, I have loathed him since 20, the minute he said that Hillary Clinton was basically unqualified Me to too. be, I was done. Me too. Me too. But after the Stacey Abrams race, when he said in an interview, um, I think we could understand that a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable voting for a, a black person in a position of, but that doesn't necessarily make them racist. And who said Bernie Sanders said it. I got a lot of black gay friends who are on his job. I wondered where they were when that happened. I will find you the article Please and send it do. to you. Because, and it, it is, again, it's part of his whole, like, I'm going to wink, wink. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say something that's the literal definition of racism. But I'm going to guarantee you that I will never call you racist. Because as you and I have discussed, the worst thing that can possibly being happen accused to you of being racist. is that you're accused of being a racist. Yeah. Um, and the way that he consistently talks about class as though it is a separate, as though you can separate socioeconomic status debates from race debates yeah. just makes me lose it's my dis- mind. It's and intellectually dishonest is what it is. And I think the flip side, so I think he's on one end of the bad spectrum on race, and I think Pete Buttigieg is on the other end with the, like, one-dimensional, here are my black supporters, don't worry. I understand I've got a really troubling history on this, <laughs> but 
But these black people just endorsed me, and I named my plan the Douglas Plan. So I can't be racist. I'm pretty sure. So okay, so let, so let's let's talk. Let's let's go down the roster, and let's talk about pros and cons. So I'm pretty sure that we both have our same top candidate. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Yes. Okay. Good. I ain't got to throw you out the he hutch. So no, I don't get turned out. <laughs> so I. Am, I think I was Team Warren before you were. You team were because you I, just recently made an announcement. I, I made the switch Warren. once I really saw her on the debate stage because honestly, that whole Pocahontas thing that Trump trolled that her bad. into that was bad. I didn't think she was going to recover from that. I I not only thought she was not going to recover, I loathed her for it. I I was like, what I, speaking of like a panel of white eight. Uh, Eight white men. I thought, like, who you got in your room, Elizabeth Warren? Right, 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 right. White men, probably. <laughs> who you got consulting on this? Like, oh, it turns out I am Native American. J- just let Sit it go. Down. Let it go. Let, let it go. go. <laughs> but, uh, but she's my top candidate for a lot of reasons. I really, truly believe that even though she is a Ivy League graduate, I mean, professor, I think she really knows understands the struggle of the common man better than anybody else does. And cares about and, it more. And cares about it more. I believe she cares about yeah, it. Yeah, Because she says things that literally make billionaires cry. Right. And, 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 <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, give There's me some no wink tears. winking the, uh, to the like, I'm not going to be too aggressive. And, and what I like about her, I think she, I think she is palatable to centrists. I think the progressives really love her. Uh, and I think she's electable. I, I was really glad that she stopped letting Trump make a fool out of her by trolling her with that whole Native American heritage thing. Like that was a that was a mess up. I'll give her that. Also, feeding into it instead of just being like, "Okay, racist, sit right. down, sit down, and go about your business." But I really think that she turned the corner, and I am definitely, you know, on her bandwagon. Uh, and like I said, the only con was that she let him make a fool out of her. So who is who should we go next? Uncle Joe. I want Joe to sit down. I want Joe to sit down too, and I want Joe. To, why do you want Joe to sit down? Uh, first of all, because I'm kind of done with the old white man model. Um, Me too. But also, I think that the weakness that Kamala Harris got out of him in that first debate, which she was the wrong person to draw that blood, because I think her own record on racial justice is really troubling. The pseudo black woman. But <laughs> the pseudo African American. She, she's black. But, but the she's not weakness African-American. that she revealed is that he doesn't apologize even when he's wrong. Right. Right. And I think it's not that I can't forgive him for what he did to Anita Hill. It's that I'm wholly unconvinced he regrets yeah. what he did to Anita Hill. Right. Like and it's hard for me because I loved him as the Obama sidekick, right? Like, there's no Obama Biden meme that I do not and, love, and I still like him. I mean, I, I mean, I, I still like him, but I don't. He goes, he feeds into my. I, I don't think we need an old, another old white man to come save us. I think I'd just as soon have Mitt Romney, and I don't want Mitt Romney. Mm, no. So, like, I would, you know, um, I don't like speaking of the like got sidetracked by Pocahontas. I don't like Joe Biden's like, I'd take him out behind a barn and blah, blah, blah. Like, just shut up. Because they all are both, oh, can you imagine that? Oh, can you imagine Donald Trump and Uncle Joe fighting? Also, it's just gross. It's just like, part of what I don't want is Trump's hyper macho, like, we're going to do it the way we used to do it. Make America great like, again. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he does play into that a little I too much. I also don't think Biden has anything unique to offer that's not captured well in other and I, I also candidates. don't think I don't think right and I also don't think he's gonna move the needle that far either like I don't I don't I don't see that the happening. only argument that I've heard for him that does strike me as compelling is that there's less likely to be like riots in the street yeah wins. true true but and, and so like so his pluses and this is this is interesting because I'm gonna speak on behalf of the blacks uh, for a minute <laughs> <laughs> but his plus is that old black people like him and yeah. and they go out and vote. I mean, yeah. they really go out and vote in numbers as opposed to the young black people who don't really go out as much as, as they should. Um, and I don't think that a candidate, a Democratic candidate, is going to make um, a bid for the White House successful unless they have like really good support from the African American community, no, but and it you takes you can't with you, the numbers, can you? You, you can't. You you absolutely cannot. So like I think <laughs> you can't lose women and you can't lose black people. So I don't understand why we keep freaking out if we nominate a woman. Right, a black right, right. So, but but I really don't think that. I really think that we need to. I I think that he is somebody who will motivate. 
that Obama glow is still on him. He does have the Obama glow. He has the Obama glow, and it's still on him. And I think he will motivate people. Also, he gave one of my favorite political moments in my lifetime, which was the like when the Health Care Act got passed, and mm-hmm. he got he was miked and said, "This is a big fucking deal." And the response was that like the Obama campaign just started printing bumper stickers. I just. Yeah. So yeah. So that's so. So I got a little thing for Uncle Joe. I just don't want him to be president. Uh, yeah. You know. I, yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, so next we have Bernie. I think we were sit down. down before you have another heart attack, sir. Just sit down. It's t- it, your time is come and gone. Also, I don't like being yelled at by people, even if I agree with their ideology. Is he not always yelling? He's always yelling. He always seems angry and yelling all the fucking time. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even think we need to go into a whole lot of conversation about about Bernie. He's just not my he's not my guy. Just not my guy. No. Um, who else is there? Tulsi, the Russian agent. I'm tired of that bitch. <laughs> like literally, I'm tired of her. Like I didn't like her from the beginning because she had this whole LGBTQ stain on her record that people just seem to have forgotten. Yeah. But I don't like her. Like I don't like her as a person. She literally is the bitch who's going to call the manager with long hair. See, yeah. Like, she's just... I just don't know anything about her, but I thought, like, does no one think that Hillary Clinton and this woman having a public argument... Like, are are people looking at this and going, like, well, this is only good for the party? Well, you know, so let me just say this, though. So the other thing is Hillary was shady. She didn't call her name. She never called her name. <laughs> um, which I kind of liked a little bit. But... Hillary was right about Donald Trump, and I don't yeah, think she she's was. wrong about this bitch either. I'm just she saying, was right. she was right. No puppet, no puppet. No, you're the puppet. You're the puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> I, she was right about Donald Trump, and I think she's right about Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi Gabbard is going to eventually show her true colors. I think she is a xenophobic, racist, homophobic mess, and she needs to take her ass somewhere and sit down somewhere. Like literally, I don't want to see her yeah. again. Um, then there's Pete. Pete, okay, Pete is troubling to me. So in the primaries in 2008, I voted for uh, Barack Obama instead of Hillary Clinton. So, and it was because, well, so I'd studied healthcare stuff and it was because Hillary Clinton had a mandate in her plan and Barack Obama said, you can't do that. You're going to make the worst off, worse off. They can't afford healthcare. Now they're going to get penalized for it. And I, I loved that. And so I voted for him. And then the healthcare bill came out with a mandate in it. Um, and I had this moment where I thought, oh, it's almost like if you spend a decade of your life trying to negotiate health care with Republicans, you would know what it has to look like. Right. My bad <laughs> on that. Like, And and I, I'm still very proud that I voted for Obama, and I love that vote. But I had this moment when Pete Buttigieg appeared on the scene where I was like, oh, this guy. I love this guy. And my best friend, who was already on Team Warren, said to me, I am tired of, like, the white man with the – compelling personal narrative trumping all of the experience and hard work of a woman. I can't do it anymore. She was like, I cannot have this like soaring personal tale and be like, that's way better than a smart woman who's done her homework and is showing up to play. And from the moment she framed it that way, I just see Pete differently. Like, well, I'm trying to figure out what, how bad is his personal narrative? I mean, like you're an out recently out white gay man. I mean, oh, for, that doesn't even strike me. More to me, it's like, and I speak five languages, and I right, like, he's he the the way that he communicates, I think, is so incredible. Um, the way that he talks about teachers, I think, is like to listen to him because he speaks like he speaks like I write after I've edited, right, right, and so there you do kind of get this like, huh? like I think for a lot of people, myself included, when he speaks, it sounds like two thousand four convention Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it has nothing to do with like. But him he doesn't in have the experience, just, and that's my problem. He's well, he's nev- going to tell you he doesn't have the Washington experience. Fuck that! Like I'm so tired of that. Like you never. I'm tired of everybody pointing at everything that's wrong with Donald Trump and then trying to mirror it. In what? Their- <laughs> right. Like literally, I you never won a statewide race. You don't know how you would do in a statewide like mayor? race. And you're, you're a fucking mayor. And there's nothing wrong with being a mayor. But you're you're not the mayor of New York. You're not the mayor of Los Angeles. You're the mayor of fucking South Bend, Indiana. You might as well be the mayor of Brighton. Speaking of the mayor of New York. So Mike Bloomberg. 
I think if your first campaign event is to your your first move on a campaign is to have to apologize for stop and frisk, that's probably your sign that you are not reading the room real well. Right. Can we start there? <laughs> Can we start there? There are so many things wrong with Bloomberg getting into the again another old white man. All right, I'm just tired of that. Like, I really want another woman. If another woman were to, no, let me say, I don't want anybody getting in right now. Right. Like, this this door is closed. Like, no one else gets in. But I would love to see more qualified women running. And even though we talk about experience, like, I think Michelle Obama <laughs> would be an excellent president because I'm pretty sure she called some of the shots the eight years when Barack was in, in office. She does seem lovely. She 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 does, but I mean, like I just I just, I don't for for people to to be standing with 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 Mayor Pete, like this goes back to we don't care about your experience as long as you're a white man, and yeah. and I have a personal beef with that because I I worked at a job where white men and white women who were less qualified to do the job got promoted over me. And I couldn't get promoted until I was fucking yeah. perfect. And if I wasn't perfect, then I'm not good enough. But we continually yeah. give white men in particular these passes that they don't have to. That, well, you know, somebody called him a fag once. Let's make him president because he's had a hard time. Like, really? Like, seriously? Like, this is what we're going to do? Like, I'm, I'm tired of him. Who else is there? Cory Booker? No, thank you. <laughs> he looks like his hands are moist. Like, I just don't. What? He looks like, <laughs> he reminds me of Arthur Davis. Arthur Davis was the, uh, the, the Senate, he had the, the, the House of Representatives seat that Terry Sewell has now. Okay. And his hands were so clammy. Like, he gave you this little milk What toast. is happening to you about hands right now? What I is? No, but I wish just, listeners could see this. There's like a visceral reaction I happening right now. I hate being with clammy this. hands. Like, why are your hands wet? For no fucking reason. Like, there's something wrong with you. And that's what Cory Booker... <laughs> Cory Booker looks like he just sits around and sweats. You don't think he's allowed to be, like, nervous on primary stages? No, I don't. He's not. I I, I need a man-man. If he... <laughs> wow, Tony. But he... But the thing about Cory is Cory is too middle of the fucking road. Like, you... I, I, I need you to decide what you're going to be. He's on the... He's middle of the road on everything. Yeah. And it's like... Well, like the last debate, he decided he wanted to buck up a little bit, but it's too late. You're you're middle yeah. of the road. I don't want to see you. Uh, I like, honestly, I like Amy Klobuchar a little bit. Really? <laughs> I can't get past the stories about the way she treated her staff. You know, I think that's exaggerated because she's a woman. I think if she was a man, no, whatever she did, I don't, I want to know exactly what she did. But she threw something at them. I mean, I, I, I bet if she was a man, no one would say anything about that. It might be the case that nobody would have said something about it, but it would bother me if a male could throw something at a staff member and us all be like, oh, well, yeah, you throw something at you, you throw something at me, I'm whipping your ass right now. Y'all going to dismiss me from work that I don't, day. Yeah, I just think at this point, what I really want is for, if anybody, especially if anybody's entering the race, because first of all, how... Like I get that it takes no a one fair, else should enter. The I race. get that it takes like a fair bit of ego to think like I should be president. So I know they're all going to have an ego, but to have an ego so big that you think it's okay to distract the Democratic Party, what like about, it's okay to increase chaos. Uh, yeah, that's with crazy. Democrats. What about Andrew Yang? Oh, I like Andrew Yang's plans. He's my like. Yeah, but he's not going to get elected. Like, right. and having nothing to do with him. Just like even Democrats don't know who he is. So. Right. Um, There's something to be said for name recognition. I like his plans. I like. I really want a universal basic income. So, what state is he from? So we don't know anything about him. <laughs> like seriously, like, we don't know. We Correct. don't know. We don't know where he's from. He, I think he's from Texas, but we don't know anything about him. Um, I think does not sound right. Is he? I don't know. It's it's either Texas or somewhere in California. Let me let me Google that. You Google but, that. But but with but with with Andrew Yang. Like, I, again, I need you to have some type of political experience. You know, the thing I just keep thinking is, like, every person left standing on the stage needs to tell me why it's them. Like, what are you bringing to the table? And I think for Elizabeth Warren, she has an answer, right? Like, she's bringing a mountain of policies. And do I agree with all of them? No. Do I like the idea of having a president who's not just, like, flying by the seat of their right. pants and what has pissed them off that day? Right. Yes. He's from That's New York. He's from Schenectady, New York. 
But what does he need? I don't know. He needs some experience. Like I'm tired. I'm tired of of, of negating experience. Like I think to be a president, the least amount of experience you need to have is at least a four star general in the military or a, a senator or representative. Really, a senator, because I need you to be able to win a statewide race. If you can't win a statewide race, I don't know if I can trust you to win the country. Like that's just how that needs to go. But I, I'm tired of. I'm tired of. Oh, I don't know, because I could imagine a politician coming up in Birmingham who would appeal to the country but would never appeal to Alabama. True. Yeah. Yeah, we probably got one now. I was going to say, like, I think Randall Woodfin would appeal to the country. He don't appeal to me, so yeah. I know, yeah. but I, right, like, yeah, I, see I think all the reasons he doesn't appeal to you are reasons he would appeal to centrists right. across the country. Right, but, but, but that's also, like, Bernie. Like, like, it, like, in Vermont, he's not all that popular, especially with black people. Like, so I was yeah. like, I don't know. But let me just tell you this, though. This, the, this is the real deal. Regardless as to which one of the motherfuckers get the, get the, get the nod, I'm voting for him. There you go. And I'm gonna take somebody to the polls. So it could be Yang, it could be No, nah, I'm not gonna vote. I, I'm sorry. I can't I can't stomach Tulsa Gabbard. I just I would I don't know if I could do that. That might be a bridge too far. How how did you handle that? I don't worry about it because she's not gonna be the She's not gonna okay, so we're not gonna worry about that. Just yeah. But anybody literally anybody else. I mean, even Mayor Pete, Bernie. I think I think uh I think Bernie, Joe, Pete, and Elizabeth are the Com- we didn't talk about Kamala. I'm I'm not a huge Kamala fan. I, she's just not very personable. Like I need, I don't need her. I don't worry about that. Speaking of things we say about women that we don't say about men. No, 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 no. I didn't say Elizabeth Warren weren't personable, but she's mm. not personable. Everybody. No, but men who are not necessarily personable, right? Like Barack Obama, sort of famously aloof. He's a little bit, he's not, I'm in, there's a, mm. when I say that, I'm not talking about it from the diminutive or woman should be, ah, like this, but like, they're like, Amy Klobuchar, she's not bubbly, but she's not, Kamala is closed off. I don't worry about that so much as I worry about like, it feels like, insofar as the weakness she drew out of Joe Biden that night was that he doesn't apologize even when he's wrong. Right. That felt like a very hypocritical Agreed. strike for her to make agreed agreed and not because like i'm fine with the idea that people have passed and they have to apologize but like it doesn't bother me if people have changed their positions it doesn't it wouldn't even bother me if somebody had said it's really hard to be in that position right, right? and it's hard to see all sides of it and that would be fine with me but i think it revealed that she also doesn't apologize True. when she's messed up and i think you know the like wars on truancy, we know what families get affected by wars on truancy. Like, or black people. It's just it's a it's a weird. Yeah, she's she's got as many hangups as. But and hers was more recent. I mean, it just was a weird like. So 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 that, so like if you were to take the candidates, like this is what I would like to see. I would like to see Elizabeth Warren as president, Kamala Harris as attorney general. Mm. Uh, I could see. Um, who else? I could see. Who do you want for Secretary of State? Joe Biden, Cory Booker. Joe Biden, uh, not Cory Booker. I I I could see Cory being Hood. Um, just because he. Oh yeah, he yeah. did great. I mean, he yeah, did he genuinely did, yeah. great work. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. I could see Cory being the Hood, uh, Secretary of State. Um. I would probably put no Joe. We do Joe as Secretary of State. That's see, that's funny because I'd be good with that, but I'd also be like, is Hillary still? Is she permanently in retirement? Can she? <laughs> she was a great Secretary of State, um, but the Republicans. Oh, also yeah. Benghazi. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot but but how many but how many trials did they have and found nothing? <laughs> like literally, the Republicans had both houses. Did nine fucking trials and found nothing. <laughs> you do one trial with damn Donald Trump folks and you popping out witnesses everywhere. Yeah, that motherfucker did it. But that we, we don't want to hear that. Do like, you ever know what made some joke about like people being like, who even cares about Ukraine? Like, what's going on in Ukraine? And he was like, I'm sorry. When it was Benghazi, suddenly everybody like knew <laughs> every social political right. about Benghazi. Um, 
I could see who uh, I could see who could you see being the uh, the Treasury Secretary? Probably Andrew Yang. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they got the cab. The cabinet is it's running on the stage. Yeah, the cabinet is on the so stage. This is part of my concern is, please stop drawing blood from one another. Right, right. Yeah. Please I'll, stop making the sound bites. Also, it has to be Elizabeth Warren because her campaign stickers are already made. Nevertheless, she persisted. <laughs> are yeah. you kidding? That has to be a phrase that Mitch yeah. McConnell regrets. Yeah. Daily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about what would you see, Pete? I think Pete's going to run for Senate. I can see him being a senator. He needs to run for Senate. Yeah. And I, see if he wins. I could also see him as education. I could see him as education. Now, I'll go he doesn't have a history in education, but neither did Betsy. I, <laughs> that dumbass. Um, I could also see him in like HHS mm, mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah. So what, who do you think? What's your perfect lineup? Who do you see in your cabinet? These are questions that everybody needs to be asking themselves because we're about to go. <laughs> we did our work. We did our work. It's time for y'all to do y'all. Listen, this has been great. Uh, hopefully, Martez will catch back with us when I come back. I will probably be off for another week because I'll be in Houston next week. Mm-hmm. Got a big conference, um, but we'll be back in two weeks with another. Uh, hopefully, the world is still intact when we come back, God and our it. democracy is not devolved into utter chaos. Ruth, Ruth, <laughs> take care. Drink lots of fluids. Yes, yes. Pray Drink for lots Ruth. of fluids. Rest. Pray for, pray for Ruth, y'all. Please, we can't, we can't. Anyway, look, I'm out. Brian, you got anything else? No. All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Thank you.